What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 60 of the TorontoGameDoist.com podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, the main dude behind TorontoGameDoist.com. Uh, joining me, as always, Brett from, Har- from Hard Circle. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> I kind of like just mumbled that one. <laughs> from, from, from some website. Because I, I, I switched from Hamilton and Hard Circle, so... Yeah, I, I you screwed that. yourself up. It's well, all right. We're not, we're not, you know, redoing it. Yeah, you can use your editing <laughs> skills. Copy and paste the one from last week. Yeah. <laughs> what if I just What if I just repost episode fifty nine with Yeah some random no, things? No, but we got a special guest this time. Though. Yeah, that's true. So, but before we get to special guest, that is composing Dan as well. What's up? <laughs> and uh, joining us for a special sixtieth episode is Justin from Alley Games. Yay! Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> In a gallery over here. <laughs> uh, Justin, do you want to maybe just do a quick? bio of yourself maybe just talk a little bit about uh games what kind of gamer you are what you guys are working on right now we'll, we'll go more in depth about it but maybe just a quick one minute pitch here sure all right so uh my name is justin i've been in the games industry for uh, feels like forever now uh but really it's only been about like 10 years uh so i have both uh well, i guess i have business art and programming uh training I uh, first started in the mobile industry, and we're currently starting to break into the uh, into the PC gaming industry with our current project, Shadow Heroes, and yeah, we're currently in uh, on Steam Early Access and going to be doing our launch very soon. And it's very exciting, very busy times. And uh, what what kind of gamer are you? Are you a PC guy mostly, mobile guy, console guy? Uh, well, after working in the mobile industry for so long, I kind of moved over into uh, the PC industry because you know, I find that the a lot of the stuff that's there is more to my style. I focus mostly on strategy games and like turn-based stuff and real-time strategy, that type of thing. But, it's kind of hard to find a lot of that in the mobile industry. Yeah, that's true. And uh, let's just say top three games of all time. Top three games of all time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right. Oh, okay. Well, give him a sec to think about it. No, right now, number one comes to your mind. Okay, top top three games of all time. One of my top games of all times is actually a console based RPG called uh, Grandia. It yeah. was on PlayStation One. Uh, after that, a uh, big favorite of mine is uh, the Civilization series. I put in thousands of hours into Civ Five, and I've been holding off on Civ Six because I have work to do, and I will not be able to stop myself. And yeah. after that, I would probably put like uh, probably StarCraft up there as well as another big one for me. Nice. Did you? I never played Grandia One, but did you play the Grandia Two or any of the other ones in the series? I think there's there's three and there's Extreme, right? Yeah, I've I've played one, two, and three to the point where I. When I got two, I didn't have a Dreamcast. I'm just like, oh, I guess I need to go get a Dreamcast now. And then I did. <laughs> nice. It's the only game I had on the Dreamcast. That, that was it. Oh, so I'm just, I, I haven't heard that series in quite a while. So I was just, I'm just looking up online right now. Grandia Online. Well, the main character, time. yeah, on Grandia 1, the main character's name was Justin. It was all voice act and everything. So it was, there was the personal connection there. Yeah. Yeah, I played. But, uh, I played two. That was the first one I played. It was on PS2, uh, or it got ported to PS2, anyways. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then Grandia Extreme was like a dungeon crawler sort of thing. I think that's the only one I haven't played. It, it's it's like really freaking long. Like it, it's just random dungeons, and you're kind of just going down. And then after every like ten or twenty floors of a dungeon, there's like a quick cut scene or something like that. Like it's, but I remember playing it forever. And then I got to like level one hundred or something, and then it was just like a cutscene, then another dungeon right afterwards. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm done with this game. So I remember Grandia now. I'm looking it up. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I played that game. Yeah, I've played it. It was fun. Good choice. There's like a whole bunch of those style of games that came out on the PS1 that yeah. I just had to devour. Yeah. It was worth it. And it's kind of funny because I was thinking when you said it's the only game you have for your uh, Dreamcast because I only have one game for my Dreamcast <laughs> and I bought uh, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 because the Dreamcast version was the best version. So I was like, well, I guess I need a Dreamcast now. So it's like the same excuse. It's great. Right. And I remember the controllers had like the extra little packages where you could get mini games on the controller as well and the save cartridges. Yeah. And that never went anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> yeah like and, all right i can get mini games and play it on the go who needs nintendo well apparently everyone <laughs> yeah it, there was like the whole uh you could swap data files between the two like you could touch them together and mm-hmm. you can swap your uh tamagotchi stuff and no one ever did it here <laughs> i actually i love that controller uh well it's actually a pretty interesting controller because it kind of like set the groundwork for the controllers we have today because when you used to play, uh, there was a football game for Dreamcast. I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. But uh, you could put all, all the playbooks were on the actual uh, LED screen. Mm-hmm. So you could actually see what plays you were going to do and not tell your, like, so your friend couldn't see them. So it was, like, kind of revolutionary at the time. It was pretty dope. I forget what that football game was. I think, uh, wasn't it Game Day? Wasn't that the... I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. It was really popular, too. That's where Dreamcast is where the NBA like 2K series started too. Yeah, I actually think it probably was called like football or NFL. Oh, NFL. Yeah, I think you're right because I think that's the Sega one. Yeah, yeah. Game I think that's been, where the, the whole 2K franchise has started. So yeah, then they had the controller was so dope for it. I I played that game so much it was great, but I never bought that game for my Dreamcast. So the one the one Dreamcast game I I wanted I never did get it. Um, I think I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so I didn't have like the money to get it when uh, when it was coming out. But it was Resident Evil Code Veronica. Uh, Code Veronica. I was I loved Resident Evil, and that game was only on Dreamcast. So it was, I was I remember just begging my mom all the time that I wanted a Dreamcast, and she was just like, "No, I'm not getting you another system. Like you have your 64, that's fine enough." Blah blah blah. And PS2 was actually the first game that I kind of was old enough to like work for a little bit and and buy. So by by the time the PS2 like by the time I got a PS2, which was the year after it came out. Um, Dreamcast was kind of gone anyway, so and Resident Evil Veronica X was ported to it. So, mm. so I'm, I'm looking up the Grandia. The thing that I remember the most about Grandia now is how epic the music was in that game. Yeah, epic music in Grandia. Holy smokes! Because I remember playing it because it's all coming back to me now. When I live with my folks, I remember playing it and just be like, "Holy crap!" There is some like shredding guitar in this music, like just super fast epic guitar playing. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of like interesting for a video game because I never really heard, you know, it's it's like fake MIDI guitar, but it's still it's like crazy epic guitar playing. I was like, Holy mm. smokes. yeah, I remember one thing inside of it where uh, even like even though I was playing it way back then, uh, 
I kind of got my first glimpse from this game into the whole development cycle because there are parts of the game where they have like completely different art styles, especially in like their cinematics. So like they go through and it's all like actual characters running around like it's a cutscene. Then when they go to a cinematic, sometimes it's like drawn like an anime type of thing or a cartoon. And then another one, it goes into something that's completely different art style. I'm like, I wonder where the budget went. (laughs) (laughs) And even as a, like a kid playing this game, that's like, I, I was able to pick up on that pretty easily, which it wouldn't really fly in today's industry. But, uh, like I, that's like, was one of my first glimpses into kind of like the, the business side of, well, I guess they ran out of money or time or something at this point and they had to make compromises. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Um, awesome. Let's, uh, Let's just go on to hype time, I guess. Hey. Word. <laughs> Word. Brett. We need some music here for hype time. Like, Well, I can always just edit in music. Like, Yeah, I mean, and then just have like some like MC being like, yo, it's hype time, yo. That's and what then, that's what you're literally that's what your job was until you kind of kept dropping the ball. What? <laughs> you were the the director of hype. Yeah, but I'm the director of a lot of other things and hype. <laughs> It's just no one sending me any hype, so whatever. Um, are you ready to talk about game dev drinks this week? Or yeah, or, okay, yeah. Then hype it up because that's a that's right. it's a big one. You want that right now? Yeah. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. You're twisting my arm, man. All right. So this month, November thirtieth, the end of the month. Sorry, Trontaru, but we have Dennis Dyack coming down to game dev drinks to talk about everything video games so uh the event writes up it'll be obvious it's in hamilton the pheasant plucker second floor be there 7 30 um dennis dyak's gonna be coming in talking shop and uh yeah it should be pretty dope and you'll get to network with him afterwards and just talk about games november 30th yeah november 30th so it's gonna be the big one it's the last one before the christmas time so I'm Doing trying to get to Christmas, Christmas party? party. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm trying. Yeah, what, no, no Christmas first. Day? Going to the bar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'll be eating lots of food that day. Mm, oh, man. Can't Gotta wait. do Wednesday the 21st. That's a good Christmas party day. Well, it's probably already taken. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking into it. Don't worry. Because if, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I'm trying. I'm sorry, just to just repeat, it was it's uh, the twenty third or the thirtieth? Thirtieth. November November thirtieth at the Pheasant Plucker, um, on the second floor, Dennis Dyack will be coming to the Game Dev Drinks Arena. No. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be coming to the arena to do battle against Brett about video games. <laughs> yeah. Who who'd win in that? I would. Oh <laughs> throwing it down. No, he probably would. I'd just, <laughs> I would just bow down. I'd just pull, like, I would just let him, let him. Well, he would just be like, oh, well, let me tell you about the time I worked with Nintendo directly. And you'll and be he like, wins there because I'd just be like, yeah, you tell me everything about Miyamoto-san, please. <laughs> any Wada. Yeah, any Wada. I would love to hear yeah, some stories it's of gonna be. It should be pretty interesting. I'm going to be, uh, Dennis Dyack's, like, in Rome right now, so I'm trying to, like, coordinate with him. It's pretty tough to coordinate, so... Uh, he's he's a pretty busy dude, so I'm actually quite surprised and happy that he's coming down to Game Dev Drinks. So yeah. the tickets are up on Eventbrite. Um, I'm going to be hyping it up later today or tomorrow or whatever. So 
get for, your tickets while you can. They're for, free. So for the select few who don't who don't know what Dennis Dyack or who who he is, uh, he's a, a developer, or I guess producer of uh, and used to own his own studio and did Legacy of Cain, did uh, Eternal Darkness, did Metal Gear Solid Twin Stakes. Yep. Um, what was the one after Two Human? It worked with all the big guns. Yeah, worked with worked with Microsoft on exclusive deals. Worked on Nintendo on exclusive deals. So yeah, and now he's so, doing uh, kind of a quantum entertainment. Uh, yeah, I forget doing the, a little bit of everything right now. Yeah, uh, there's actually an interview. I did an interview with him maybe about a year ago. So you can always Google that. Um, maybe I'll post it in the same thing as this as this podcast, but to get caught up. But that's going to be an awesome one. I was just shy. I had I was looking at my calendar because I was. And I, I missed the date when you said the date. That's why I had to ask again. But uh, I can make that one, so I'm pretty happy that I get to see, do that. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm I don't even, like I I don't even know what questions I want to ask him because there's just too much. So I might actually ask him if he could maybe want to come back again, <laughs> just because there'd probably be too much to talk about with this guy. Yeah. So he might become maybe a regular at the Game Jeff drinks. I don't know. I'm going to talk to him about it because mm-hmm. there's just too many questions to ask him. Nice. He's been around for like like 30, 40 years, it feels like. Like yeah. It's gonna be dope. I like that you're already booking him for a return. <laughs> yeah. In my brain it, it'll happen. <laughs> Cause it's just I would like him to just talk about Nintendo for like five hours straight and that's it. You guys but become best friends and and you go out for could. drinks together. Oh, maybe Dairy Queen, share a couple ice cream cones. Have a so, good time. From the interview that I mentioned, I started, quote, I started making games around 1989 while doing my undergrad in computer science at Brock University. Nice. In 1992, we officially incorporated Silicon Knights during the first uh, time our game came out, Cyber Empires, on the Atari and later on the PC. Nice. So, Silicon Knights, I didn't really, I, I kind of forgot that. Silicon Knights was around for quite a long time, so. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Sh- should be a good one. Um, Dan. That's all I got to hype, by the way. So. Okay, cool. Dan, what do you got for us? Um, I got a PS4 Pro. <laughs> what do you got to hype up? <laughs> Nothing, dude. You know me. Yeah, well. I don't leave my studio. I work all day. I'm like <laughs> Justin. Justin, is there any uh, game dev, gaming events or anything like that you want to hype up? or? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and Dan are the same person. <laughs> Head down, knows the grindstone most of the time. For sure. I'm just checking out the hand eye society real quick, and I don't really see anything. Um, so uh, maybe we'll just kind of talk about uh, Ally Games and, and whatnot a little bit more in depth. Um, we did an sure. interview, you and I. That's not yes, on the we website. did. It's not on the website yet, but it will be probably around the same time that you read this podcast. Or sorry, this right is. now because <laughs> of time travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually. Um do you want to maybe just kind of get a little more in depth of just what Shadow Heroes uh, is? Yeah, sure. All right. So, uh, so uh, when we first started making Shadow Heroes, we kind of came up with this idea of what we wanted the game to be, and it was going to be uh, kind of a way that people who like strategy games, like I do, uh, can compete with the people who don't necessarily uh, want to put in as much time as it takes to get really good at them. Because you hear about people who play competitive strategy games and they're doing like 300 actions every minute. Like APM is something that is really big inside of those games uh, in order to just be able to get as much done at the same time as you possibly can. Uh, So we wanted to make something that was going to be 
more approachable uh, to get into like higher tiers of play, but still have uh, people be very good at it because there's a lot more that goes into it than how many actions you can perform. Mm. Uh, so we decided to uh, make this game uh, that where you don't really focus on uh, like the micromanagement of each one of your troops. And that's where we kind of came up with the idea of Shadow Heroes. Instead of controlling which each troop, where each troop goes and what they do and who they attack and like directly, this person goes there and that person goes over there. Uh, took a higher up approach of it and said, "Okay, you're in charge. You tell the troops this is what your task is, or they know what their task is, and you just basically you're putting together your army, and then your army goes and does its thing. Like you're not on the battlefield commanding them, saying go here, go there. Uh, the most that you actually get for that is assembling kind of the formations for your troops, and then the." Uh, there's uh, types of items that you can use where they won't use them until you actually tell them to activate it. But that's pretty much it in terms of the micromanagement. Uh, everything else about the game ends up being really, really fast-paced because things tend to snowball out of control really quickly. And you kind of have like split-second decisions you have to make. So there's a lot of watching what your enemy is doing, trying to build up a better composition to kind of counter what they're doing. So it's like a, a massive game of rock, paper, scissors where everybody has you're, – you're picking teams and then you got like 150 people on one team versus another team and you don't know who's pairing up against who. So you get kind of a crapshoot in that case. So, yeah. So we had a, we had a big uh, grand idea for what we wanted to do for this. Uh, but we didn't really have a setting. So we decided to kind of start building up a world around it. And it kind of went, oh, we kind of went a little overboard with that. Uh, so we've developed this entire world and backstory uh, of just kind of the nation that this takes place in. Uh, it being a, like, so there's this big fantasy world and there was past events that happened where it was like the center trade hub and magic was thriving in these areas and they're constantly being attacked by barbarians and the people in charge was is like a uh, an inner circle of sorcerers who are very powerful and they get uh, kind of go mad with power and they're like, well, if we're constantly getting attacked by barbarians, the best thing we could possibly do is just, you know build a wall and get rid of all stop the barbarians from coming in but that didn't work because they just kept attacking relentlessly and kept and didn't really do anything well wall didn't work all right so let's just leave and everyone's like what do you mean leave and they're like well we're leaving and they just kind of use magic to lift the entire continent up into the air so there's no barbarians able to attack anymore and that kind of ruined absolutely everything because <laughs> one you're no longer a trade hub uh two because well because no one's there uh Two, the actual act of raising a continent out of the ground is very destructive, you know, earthquakes and stuff. Uh, and it kind of shattered everyone's belief in magic uh, because everybody's like, well, this was a very destructive event and lots of people died. So then this whole unified nation kind of broke apart into multiple fractured little pieces and they all formed their own little nations and everyone kind of has their own opinion of each other and how magic works and how it doesn't work. And there's like this big war. I think we have nine different nations inside of it. And then we came up with more history and stuff that happened since those times. And everybody has like their own little like slurs and stuff against each other. So they, they don't – everybody's like, oh, no, this is, this is like a bad name to call other people. And 
uh, like their actual title. So you got like three towers, and one of their uh, one of their slurs is you call them a tower, right? And then there's like people from an area that's very pro magic, and it's called Hawks Fall. So one of their slurs you would call them a hawker. Interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, you guys really have uh, dove into the lore a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably a little too much uh, because what we can do at this point is. We're focusing on basically two of the nations, and we have nine. And like we got the whole map and everything drawn out, and capitals and things like that, and kind of points of interest. And that's all inside the game right now, as you can kind of see it, but you can't do everything with it, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the future things that we're going to be doing with the game is uh, inside of multiplayer, we want people to be able to uh, select a nation, and they're going to be fighting for that nation. And depending on kind of the personality traits and background history of the nations, uh, they're going to get different bonuses to their troops. That's kind of cool uh, going in, uh, like coalescing with the beliefs of that nation as well. Oh, that's a great idea. I mean, like you said, you you are pulling out some of the micromanaging stuff, and it's cool to inject back in a sort of deeper storytelling. I think that's a great idea. I think you know, I don't I don't think you went too deep i think that that's that's all I, but i love story like i i would be interested to learn everything every little thing about all the different factions you know yeah it would be kind of hard right now uh to get everything that we have written down mm. in a way that's easily digestible right right because uh, people have very small you attention just gotta release a comic comic books right <laughs> one thing at a time <laughs> actually so it brings up kind of a question because one thing i always do hear uh, I'm not a developer myself, but one thing I always kind of hear, especially with you know Brent and Dan have talked about it before, is just feature creeping, um, and more so just that <clears throat> you know the last ten percent takes the longest. Uh, is that what you guys are kind of finding right now? It sounds like you're kind of going really in depth with the lore, which is awesome. But and and you're launching this soon. It's on it's on uh, early access right now, correct? Yes, it is. Um, uh, in terms of feature creep, we had that quite a bit, and then we kind of started reeling it back and kind of going back and forth. Uh, so what happened with us is we had this idea for the game, and then we built the lore around it. And the lore, like the lore, was done like two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and f- like before we had most of the game, uh, before the game itself was playable, we had all of this background lore and stuff set up. Uh, so we were able to draw on that quite a bit to say, okay, these are the things that are happening and we can really tie things in and say, okay, what's happening and can we build right. these units and does that make sense? Because you can just ask yourself the question, would that be available here? And maybe, maybe not. Uh, so that was really good to fall back on to make sure that the world kind of made sense. Uh, but in terms of the features themselves, uh, one of the major aspects of developing a game and putting it onto uh, early access and Steam Greenlight is getting the community's feedback and trying to building a game that they want to play and make sure that it's something that people are going to actually buy because that's the whole idea of Steam right. Greenlight. Uh, you get the community involvement and part of the thing of they're paying for this game early is they get to now take part in the development process and their voices are heard a lot more than they would if somebody's developing it behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So we kind of developed our entire studio to act uh, very quickly on any feedback that we got from the community. So we went to uh, an agile workflow, which anybody who does project management, agile just means that you basically do sprints 
and uh, your sprint is, I have these tasks, we're going to get these tasks done for the, the next week or two. And every day you just kind of go over what tasks did we do, what do we not do, are we on track, and you get those tasks done. And then you, for us, we release a patch. So every week we were releasing another patch for the game with the feedback that people gave us. So people came on, they're like, I found this bug, or uh, this balance doesn't really work, or wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And we can address those and basically have patches and stuff programmed in in that week. So because of that and kind of the way that we set it up, we did have quite a bit of feature creep that kind of came up on us that we weren't intending to get to at first. Uh, But overall, it was all stuff that the community wanted so it wasn't so much something that was like oh we're doing this just for the sake and we hope it works yeah yeah that makes sense to me because when you have a community obviously obviously the bugs are important but uh when they start bringing up all these features and whatnot you know to me i'm kind of going well would you obviously you know if it's if it's a genius idea that's not uh, difficult to implement then that's something but you know there's probably a lot that you have to just kind of ignore too right yeah there's some stuff where it's like that doesn't make sense or we would do that or a lot of the time we don't like blatantly saying no that's not a good idea because nobody's going to post their idea if they think it's a bad one Mm -hmm. yeah Eh, well maybe some people would but (laughs) just to be a saboteur yeah right uh so what we would tend to do is say uh yeah uh we like the the thought of your idea but uh, these are the reasons why it wouldn't really work. And then say, what about something like this? And kind of come up with a bit of a compromise, say, or what would you do in this situation? Or looking at it from the other side, here's what could play out and how would you feel if that happened? Mm-hmm. Right. And that kind of brings things into perspective. Oh, yeah. Engage every, everything. Yeah, every single comment and everything that we basically get, whether it's good or bad, we like to engage and say, like, yeah, that's good. Thanks. Thanks for mm-hmm. playing. Or... Uh, People post reviews and they're like, we didn't like this and this and this. So we say, okay, here's what's coming up and this is what's good, this is what's bad and how, we can, how we're going to be changing it and get more feedback. And as long as people are willing to talk to us, we will talk back 100%. Cool. Thanks. Cool. Um, one other thing that I'm just kind of looking in this uh, interview is just with Steam mm-hmm. Greenlight. Yeah. Cool. Do I, I know a lot of like developers kind of go down the way of Steam Greenlight, and uh, actually your opinion is one that I haven't really heard too much about, so you want to just maybe um, mention what you think of Steam Greenlight? Right. Yeah, see, I've, I've got that odd opinion that everybody's afraid to say, but I'm not. Uh, so with Steam Greenlight, we had a very odd experience. Uh, we put our game up, and uh, it was doing really well for the first like two or three days. And for the first two or three days, it was getting lots of votes saying, yeah, I want to play this and we'll get it. And then nothing happened. And it just sat there for like a week or two. And we were kind of holding our heads going, what's happening? What's going on? Like we're posting it on social media and everything saying vote for us and uh, get that type of stuff going. And we get like a couple votes every day. But basically everything stopped at that point. And when we looked at it, uh, kind of dug down why this was happening uh, within two or three days, we had moved from the first page to the second page onto the third page because so many games were being submitted to Steam Greenlight. And as a result, the exposure that you get, because people go to the first page, they might go to the second page, but they're not going to very rarely do they go to the third page of something to say, I'm going to look for games that might be coming up sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that wasn't really a thing that was 
the whole discovery queue wasn't a thing that was around for us at that time. Mm. So we're like, what's happening? And we uh, we're just kind of like second guessing ourselves saying we did so well at first and we put all this work in and uh, everybody we talk to says they like it. But we're not getting any votes on Steam. So we're just kind of – there was a lot of like introspection going on at that time saying what's happening. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere we got greenlit because we didn't know why. And when we w- uh, look, there's a couple sites that you can go to where you can see all the games that were recently greenlit. Uh, and we were part of a batch of over 100 games that were greenlit all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were somewhere in the top 100, but we didn't really know where in that top 100. It's just you're somewhere inside of there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, like, the, the magic of Steam Greenlight, where they say, as long as you're in the top 100, you'll get greenlit eventually. And the idea is you're supposed to be in the top like 10% because they're supposed to do like 10 every now and then. But I guess there was just a big like backlog of things that they wanted to get through or something. I, we don't really know. Uh, so the idea behind Greenlight is put your game out there, see if people will pay for this game, if it's wanted. And when we did that, it kind of felt less like uh, we were getting that confirmation and more like somebody hit all the buttons and just made everybody go. So it t- it took some of that kind of triumph and victory and like, yeah, we did it away because we were going, oh, we don't, like, does this really confirm everything or anything? That, so it's not something that a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, okay. But we looked at it and we're like, okay. Like, we're, we're, very, we're very analytical. So we looked at it and we're like, we were doing good, and then it stopped, and then out of nowhere – we cross the finish line. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So when we went and did the further digging, it, that's what kind of took away. At first, we're like, yeah, all right, great, but why? And then, mm-hmm. then it's just like, okay, maybe that's why. It's the only conclusion that we can come up with was all the buttons were hit at once. <laughs> um, so the game is on Steam Early Access right now, so you can't pick it up, but... Uh, yep. when is the sort of full release or do you want to just maybe talk about the release schedule and, and whatnot? Sure. All right. So uh, the game right now is going to be going out episodically. Right now the game is up on early access. Anybody who goes into the early access uh, will be getting every episode of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we go into our first launch, it's going to be uh, the first base part of the game, which is it's going to be the first three levels uh, and all of your multiplayer and all of the background and everything for that. Uh, so you'll be able to play all of the game. So Vengeance and Flames is the first episode? Yeah. yeah. Well, Shadow Heroes, yeah. Vengeance and Flames, right? Correct. All right, I'm on it. So you'll be able to play basically everything that's going on inside of the game when you get that first part. You get all of the multiplayer and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of it will be uh, ex- basically expansions to it that lets you go out in different pieces. And they're going to expand on the story, expand on the multiplayer, and give you additional... Uh, essentially units to play with in multiplayer as well. Mm. Uh, And then with each one of those patches, we'll be updating the base game as well to add those extra features in. So it's not like you buy the base game and that's all. uh, You don't need to worry about anything else anymore if all you're focused on is multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or rather, sorry, that's actually all you really do need to do uh, if you don't care about the story at all. You can buy just the base game. 
uh, and we'll constantly be updating it. You'll be at some very minor, uh, like you'll have some things locked away from you as they are released in the future, but that's not, they're not going to be major like deal breakers type of thing. It's, we don't want to be paid to like, like you have to buy everything if you want to be competitive, which that's not the idea of the game in the first place. Right. That's cool. So that's going to be the very first one is supposed to be going out on the 22nd, I believe. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and that's when it's actually going to go up. And with that, we're going to be uh, uh, reducing the price for it since it's just the base game instead of all of them. So the base one will be going out for two ninety nine, and each additional expansion after that will be two ninety nine as well. Cool, man. So I've, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, how how do these how does this new game relate to uh, the one I'm seeing released in 2014 here, the Chibi Fight Shadow Heroes? All right, that's uh, so. Shadow Heroes Chibi Fight was a mobile game that was put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes it's kind of like the same world and everything. Uh, what we did partway through our development cycle is we found that we were getting very, like I guess, kind of tunnel vision on what we were doing, and we couldn't like take a step back and really take a look at how the whole game was playing. So we took, uh, th- I think it was three weeks mm-hmm. to put together a little side project. We wanted it to be something that would be able to tie into Shadow Heroes as well as a whole, which is the main game that we were working on, uh, and kind of introduce people to it and say, here's some of the other stuff that's out. Uh, so we have the same character models, or not really models, but we have the same basic characters. We put them into like little chibi forms, and it's just basically a reflex game that lets you uh, play and get introduced to these different characters and some of their attitudes. And then we put that out there uh, to kind of give ourselves a step back from actually making the rest of the game. So it's just out there and people can play it and have fun and kind of get an introduction to what the game is, which helps kind of with the the marketing aspect of it because now you have multiple things that say Shadow Heroes out there. So you get the Google ranking up and that type of stuff. Totally. That is that is cool. That's a great idea. So you just did one of your sort of three week sprints and just said, let's dedicate it to this. Yep. Yeah, because we didn't want to just focus on like just the game, uh, just Shadow Heroes itself, because you can't see everything that's going on and you really lose perspective when you're yeah. constantly looking at something under a magnifying glass. Totally. Objectivity can go out the window pretty quick, especially, you know, once you've uh, been going at it for months and months. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Brett, any any last questions or anything? We, we can go on news time, but... Wait, that was still hype time? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess, I feel like when we have guests on and stuff, I, I kind of just include their portion into hype time because it is hype. We're hyping, you know, sure, we're hyping please. Ally Games. We're yeah. hyping Justin. It yeah, sure. hype me. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like the dev corner, you know. Say it again. Do like a developer corner. So when we have our guests on, it's like, yeah, now we're focusing on the developer in his game. Cool. That would have been a good suggestion 30 well, minutes ago. Hey, I just thought of it <laughs> after we, you just were like, Brett, any other hype? And it's like, well, that well, well, everybody, that was Dev Corner. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dev Corner goes in between news time and hype time. Yep. Brought to you by <laughs> Summer's Beat. <laughs> Oh, no, you're supposed to hype the game there. It's brought to you by Pizza Pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Joey Bats showing up? <laughs> He's on. No, Joey Bats isn't on the Jason anymore. Look, let's be honest. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just to wrap up, Shadow Heroes, Vengeance and Flames, out on Steam Early Access, coming to Episodic soon. Uh, I think you said, like, the 22nd is what you said? 22nd, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I don't think you guys have, like, is that a scoop? You guys, I, don't, I couldn't find that on your Twitter or anything like that. Uh, no, no, that's actually the first announcement that we've done. We have a press release going out on the 22nd, uh, actually, so... Or, sorry, not the 22nd, uh, on this Tuesday coming up. So about the same time when this goes out. Oh, just cool. Incidentally. Awesome. Um, so Scoop <laughs> for Patreon. You guys are the first. <laughs> um, yeah, follow them on uh, on Twitter, at, at Ally Games, I believe, is the uh, yep. thing. Um, check it out. Check it out. And Patreons, you did get a copy of the game uh, quite a while ago, and it's been patched since then. But... Sweet. Awesome. Um, Run over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess that's it for Dev Corner, <laughs> the new section. <laughs> brought to you by Dev Corner. <laughs> brought to you by Mama's Pizza. <laughs> pizza, pizza, Joey Bats, and Booster Juice. I had a great pizza slice a couple days ago. From where? Uh, it's called like Mario's in Brantford, oh, okay. or it's like Maria's. No, it's Maria's. I think. Yeah, in Brantford. Beautiful place. I went to order. So sidebar. I went to order Mama's Pizza. Pizza time. <laughs> okay. Now it's, now it's pizza time. Uh, food, food quarter now. So last last week was Extra Life. Um, this is a good segue, actually. Yeah. Uh, Brent, you raised 200 and some dollars? Uh, $165. $165? Uh, yep. What did you play during the 24 hours? Oh, geez. Same game, uh, different name. I played, I played a lot. <laughs> I played a lot of stuff. Yeah, like Stardew, Starbound, <laughs> Terraria. And then I got into like a mixture of stuff. So I played Enter the Gungeon, which is a great game. Um, some other game called like Punch-Out. No, wait, what is that? Punch Club. That was fun. I played Pirate Pop Plus, And uh, there's probably something else in there. Oh, Slime Rancher. Yeah. Pirate Pop Plus looked fun, but it looked like something i would not play on a computer on a console like i feel like i'm just i don't want to hate on the game and i won't but i'll just say that my twitch followers dropped to zero once i played, put that game on <laughs> it was hilarious because i'm playing it i'm like okay guys i'm putting it on this game they're like what is it and then they start watching it and they're like one guy literally says i want none of this See you later, <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh fuck. oh shit uh, oh. <laughs> but it was just too funny for me i'm like oh come on <laughs> It's just like, I want none of this. And then he left, and then all of a sudden it went down to zero. And I'm just sitting there like, well. That was a coincidence. <laughs> no, it was just bad, bad timing. <laughs> so, uh, and I was just like, well, I'm going to play this game for a little bit. Like, I played it for about an hour and a half, I think. And then, I'd, uh, I'd rather watch you play Pot Plus than watch you play with trains. Uh, you know what? That train game, actually, a lot of people enjoy. I didn't play it during the stream, <laughs> uh, during the... Uh, 24-hour marathon i wanted to but that game's a little too tiring so i might have i didn't want to fall asleep like i already was yeah that uh, game would have yeah you would have passed out if you yeah. if you played that anywhere past the 15-hour mark game over. yeah uh, so, so you were streaming the whole time at twitch.tv slash bread yeah uh and, and you're, you're streaming more since then so if you ever want to look at random games or farming games <laughs> i'm actually looking at some new farming games on steam right now there you go uh I, I played mostly World of Final Fantasy. Uh, I played a little bit of Skyrim. I played Jazz Punk, which was which was fun and really weird and an easy platinum, so it was good. Um, but a lot of World of Final Fantasy. I think I actually did fall asleep for like a half hour. 
I was falling asleep on the stream. It was hilarious. <laughs> I platinumed Jazz Punk? Yeah, it was easy platinum. Nice. I was thinking about picking that one up because, I, like I said before, I've done a little bit, I did a little bit of music for that one, and I'm pretty uh, interested to actually play through it. It is. It's probably one of the weirdest games that I've played. I I still don't really know what happened. I had to, like I played through it, and then I went again to collect the trophies. And it's like funny. Like it, there's a lot of puns. There's a lot of like, you know, slap slap humor or whatever. Um, some of it's, you know, it's hit and miss. Like some of it, I actually did like laugh other times. I was just like, that's dumb. Um, but I think that's kind of the point of a lot of those types of, yeah, exactly. It's just like, they're going for quantity more than, and that's kind of part of it. Right. Um, yeah, but like, it's unique. It's just, it was so weird. Like I I was just playing it and, and my friend was watching the game and he was like, what the hell are you playing? I'm like, I, I don't even know. I had no idea. I know <laughs> I knew so little about that game going in. And whenever I read like, you know, PlayStation blog posts and whenever I wrote about it for the site, I was always just like, I don't know how to write about this game because I don't <laughs> know what kind of game it is. Um, and it's like a first person adventure, I guess, but it's just, it was so strange. Um, like I said, it's like, like a first person puzzler. Like you have to kind of connect the dots sort of thing. It's like naked gun for like first person shooters. Yeah. But it's not really a first person shooter. You're not really, there's like a first person shooting mode, but you're never like, it was, it's, it was sort of a side. It wasn't like part of the main game. So it's kind of like a, it's a bit like a walking simulator too, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was just like, and it's a little like I think it was like twenty bucks or so. So I would actually kind of maybe recommend holding it off until it's a little bit cheaper. Like, um, because I know they have like a sort of a, a quake clone, and it's like wedding cake. Or yeah, something exactly. Like that. Yeah. And so it's it reminds me because it's really punny, kind of like a kind of like a Leslie Nielsen film. But that's the the shooting the quake thing with the wedding cake. That's just like an aside. Like you don't yeah. like. I only played that mode because I just randomly you know, selected the wedding cake. Like it would had nothing to do with the story or anything like that. Um, and it's pretty short. Like I would say playing through it once and then going through and getting the trophies that I missed, like took maybe like four hours. Um, so oh, it wow. is, it is pretty short. Um, but I mean, it's fun. It was easy platinum for trophy hunters. I would recommend it wholeheartedly, but, uh, you know, if you wrote music for it, uh, maybe just try to get a code. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Can't you, I can't just- can't you just message them and be like, yo? I suppose I could try. It, it, it's, it was kind of a weird relationship because I sort of wrote it for a third-party person that they hired because they you know, were working with Adult Swim and they had some music in the game that needed to be replaced, some temp music that was like not mm. super easy to replace because it was kind of, you know, um, they wanted a very specific sound. But uh, yeah, so they just hired a third-party thing and then I, I wrote it for them. Nice. Um, but yeah, Extra Life was awesome. I raised over $500. I think it was like 535 or 515 or something like that. I'm at nice. over $1,000 for the three years I've done it. That's cool. Um, I, I like, I was at like 490 or 485 at like three in the morning mm-hmm. and I was like trying to spam. I was like, who's up? Like who can just like hook me up with like 15 <laughs> more dollars? I was thinking of doing it myself just to get, you know, just to break that $500 mark. Right. And then I just, when I went to, you know, I, I, I sent out one last tweet or whatever thanking everyone in Facebook posts and uh, someone like donated while I was sleeping so that's cool but really? a lot of fun um, I would yeah I, I'm, I look forward to doing it again next year because yeah. like yeah it was fun yeah this was my third year so I'm I 
I'm kind of uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. It's a great it's a great way to like catch up on your backlog too. Like yeah, because um, I, I finished Tomb Raider. That was like the first thing I did. I wanted to use Tomb Raider Trader for the PS4 Pro, and I, I kind of finished that uh, like at the at the start of Extra Life. So it's a great way to catch up on your backlog. Great way to play an RPG that takes forever. Or a great and way a to great way to raise money. <laughs> great way to raise money that too, <laughs> and a great way to farm five hundred different things in five hundred different games. Seriously, yeah. if Brett just put his energy towards virtual farming into real farming. That's it. World hunger. I solve world hunger. Done. <laughs> um, we might as well go into news time. Oh, we. Oh, yeah. We still have a whole bunch more to do. News, news, news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do, do you need to go, Brett? Do you want to go? Nope, I'm good for now. Um, so this is just a new sign where we talk about all the different things that happened during the week. We already talked about Extra Life, but number one, Arrowheads uh, gets an audio guy, and they released a small teaser. So PJ, uh, on Twitter, at Audio4N6. Uh, you can follow him now, but he's working with the Arrowhead guys, uh, Sheridan students working on, um, on the audio for that game. So they released a small teaser about that. Really groovy music. I'm down with it. Uh, audio guy Dan. I will do that. <laughs> what, what do you, did you get a chance oh. to listen to it? Or? I did. It's cool. You're it's down. great. Nice. Um, I'm feeling that enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, man. So you can follow them at Oddbird Studio. Check out the game. Uh, they're going to be working. Uh, actually, I don't know if. Yeah, anyways. They're working, they're working full heartedly on this game, so. Now they got audio guide. They're gonna. I, I've seen them tweet like some new levels and stuff like that. Um, I'm pumped to see the rest of this game. They're working hard, man. It's gonna be great. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, just kind of looking at the video, kind of has like a castle, castle crashers kind of vibe to it. Same with the audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it has that like that art style, like just really cartoony and, and colorful. So. Castle yeah, Crashers. that art style is very reminiscent of. I was I was playing Castle Crashers last night. Was with, with was doing uh, some four way Castle Crashers. Man, that game's fun with four people. Wait, yeah, it's hard to sin with just one person. <laughs> Wait, is it on PS4 Pro or PS4? Uh, I played on PS3. Oh, okay. Classic. Because <laughs> I got the PS3 down in the living room, right? The PS4 Pro is in the bedroom, so I, I don't bring buddies in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> the Pro is in the bedroom. <laughs> My time. You got that 4K in the bedroom, yes, you know? Oh, it's my time. Yeah, 4K, yeah, 4K is my time. <laughs> the boys, they get good old PS3. They get 1080p. 1080p. <laughs> Do you have a 4K TV in your bedroom? Are you on 4K too as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, but it's nice. It's very nice. <laughs> See, I traded in Tomb Raider and Uncharted 4 to, to like towards the PS4 Pro. And those are like the two games that apparently get like the biggest boost with it. Um, that and Infamous. So I was just like, oh, I guess I'll just have to wait. But Skyrim looks nicer. I don't know. But yeah. I also don't, I don't have the TV for it, so I don't know. Um, mm. Justin, you are you you say you're more like a console guy now, right? Do you have a PS4? Or? I have a PS4. Uh, I don't have an Xbox One. Uh, I have an Xbox 360. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a I have the regular classic PS4. Yeah. Um I'm I'm digging the PS4 Pro, but I think we'll talk about it more like later on cuz Dan actually can finally talk about games this week. Yay. <laughs> Number 2. Uh Rumble's coming to Steam. Um so Sunday night of Extra Life, 
or maybe Sunday morning of Extra Life, they, you know, tweeted a teaser saying that they got, you know, something under Underworks. And uh, Monday they announced that Rondo is coming to Steam, um, crossing that Nintendo exclusivity. It's gone. Mm-hmm. But on November 18th, you'll be able to download the game. Apparently, the uh, there's a there's a mode in Runbow, for anyone who hasn't played it, where someone on the gamepad is kind of, like, altering the world on the TV for the players. So they're, like, putting in hazards and stuff like that. That's the only mode that's not making it to Color the... Color Master? Yeah, exactly. That's the only mode that's not making it to the, the Steam version, but everything else is uh, apparently feature complete, so... Cool. Um, so since the Wii U is only owned by, like, 12 million people... This is going to get the game in a lot more hands, so that's that's always a good thing. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see how because uh, when it came on the Wii U, lots of people had a lot of positive things to say, obviously about the game. But for me personally, just having done all the music, it was really interesting to see how people reacted to that, and now having a way bigger audience potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to to see what happens where where that takes it. But everybody can listen to it for free on YouTube, so. <laughs> oh yeah someone posted on youtube right yeah yeah well at least they bought it they would have had to buy it right no actually they didn't oh i could tell why well because when you buy it you get a you get a um a bonus track that's not listed oh. so i could tell that they used something like uh, like soundflower or one of those audio routing programs that just recorded it uh, recorded the streams right off Bandcamp and just posted it for free on youtube <laughs> Uh, some people you can you can flag that though you know you yeah you could it. but it's like you know it's bad it's it's not great pr to tell people not to steal from you unfortunately that's true yeah because isn't didn't someone post on the youtube channel like hey do you mind just putting in like the link to the band camp in case someone wants to buy it yeah 13 a.m did did and, you know because we had a conversation about it and 13 a.m went and and they uh they posted just you know a good positive message just saying hey if you're going to do you know post this could you link to our bandcamp page for other people who may decide to support you know 13 a.m and the game and whatnot and and they did and and it was good and and there was positive response from it you know and and other people commented replied to that comment saying you know wow this is great to see uh, you know developers not not cracking down on on this type of thing or whatever. And, and personally, I mean, I'm not going to make a ton of money on the OST anyway, and I already knew that. So it's just good to, for people to be able to hear the music and enjoy it. So in the end, it doesn't really bother me, but it did at first. Cause like it happened within a, like a week and a half of release of the OST. And I was like, Oh guys, come on. <laughs> That's always tough, right? That's always the thing. Support your local developers. Yeah. Including allied games. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, you mentioned you had a PS4 and an Xbox 360. Do you have a Wii U? Did you get a chance to play Runbo at anything? Or? Uh, no, I've been watching it for a little bit, though. I remember, I don't even remember how long back, but before it was actually released, I was looking at it and going, wow, this looks awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, if you get four pe- three to four people or more in a room playing that game, it's, it's awesome. Um, playing by yourself is fun, too, but. That game shines with multiplayer. Um, and actually, with it being on Steam, like, the online should be more... That was the thing, like, I remember playing Rumbo, like, maybe a week or two after it launched and playing, trying to play online, and there was, like, it just didn't have, like, an online community behind it. Mm. Um, that would be a, that would be something that I'm sure the Steam version would... would uh, There's no cross-play, but the Steam version would uh, help with that, so... 
Yeah, I think it, I, I hope the online community is great because I mean that's that's kind of the, the whole point. You can still do nine player local um, in the PC version, which is great. Mm. How do you do that? Like, do you just have like would you just need like a nine wireless controllers? Like, can it? I don't know anything about tech. I'm sure, you could get like a couple on a keyboard. <laughs> It'd be awesome to have like I'm sure I'm sure they could do it so that you had nine players play on a keyboard. Wouldn't that be funny? Everyone like AWSD <laughs> and TFGH and IJKL. Just like backwards too, just all around it. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> uh, Everyone's just looking at the keyboard instead of at the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> just fighting just to get just to be able to push a button. That's fine. Uh, number three. New new screenshots for uh, Graceful Explosion Machine, which is a game from Vertex Pop. Uh, and a couple other Toronto developers. I just saw them post this. The game's really colorful. Remind uh, if you played Resogun on PS4, it looks very similar to that, uh, mm-hmm. just more kind of colorful and stuff like that. Um, looks dope. I don't know. There, there's there's not much to say right now. It's still kind of in development until uh, or for early 2017, they said. So we'll have to kind of just keep waiting for that one. But if you want to check out some screenshots, you can do so at torontogamedes.com. So yeah, this looks awesome. Vertex Pop is such a cool name. Yeah, I'm down with that too. Yeah, I always say Vertex Pop when I when I type it out, just because I got that math background. So I'm always right. Thinking, so, like every time, like without fail, it's just like built into my genes to write out, you know, Vertex. <laughs> why? Why? Because the, the math guy. Because I'm the math guy. The top of a parabola or the bottom parabola is called the vertex. Ooh, here we go. Tell us some more about math. It's called you, a, it's called you a wizard. Vertex. A vertex, yeah. Oh. Vertex, but there. I learned something today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I learned that. Steve's in math. a nerd. Yeah, Steve's a big math nerd. <laughs> so, all right, math nerd. <laughs> I sh- I really should know that because I I have to program a lot of AI. So, oh, two math nerds. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, no, no. The computers do all the math for me. I just yeah, have to know so what to do. You just tell them to do the math. Yeah, I'm like dot product this vector and then it does it for me yeah beauty boom um the right music for me (laughs) someday (laughs) actually i don't want that at all yo robots (laughs) yeah Yeah, i was gonna say i think ibm was ibm or someone came up with the uh uh the the ai that put together the trailer for Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, what I, I, that was, it was like a month ago or something. But they they're putting together trailers and putting it to music and everything at this point. Yeah, Crazy. it was cool. It took like all the clips from the internet and made it into a trailer or something like that. I forget how it worked, but it was cool. Yeah, I picked the right track. Game over. I mean, especially with like montagey kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. With montage stuff, you can almost put any piece of music to it and give it yeah. some sort of meaning. Yeah, make it mean. I like all the corporate videos that come out, and they always have that damn ukulele sound. Oh, my God. <laughs> or like a cooking clip. And it's like, yeah, let's get the ukulele in there. That was like my first my first year of advertising writing. It was like <laughs> how to like, record ukuleles properly and, and whistles and glockenspiels and all that stuff. And then, That's hilarious. You know, I just think of Juno whenever I hear ukuleles. I don't know why that movie. Yeah, any sort of like indie score too yeah. has like a lot of like melodic percussion and yeah. woodwinds and stuff. That makes me laugh every time. Cool, cool, cool. Graceful explosion machine. Check Let's it go out. Robots. Number sure. four. Two <laughs> gays working on that for sure. 
Yeah, he is. He's doing audio for that game. So, well, I hope there's some ukulele in it. No, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I don't think there's any ukulele, but do a drum and bass with some ukulele in the back. Bam, money. <laughs> I trust Robbie Duguay that he knows what he's doing. So, trust in Brett. I'm telling you. Don't trust Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Watch Dogs Two launch trailer, which comes out uh, Tuesday. November 15th. Ooh, feel my excitement. Yeah, you know, I'm like, uh, <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, the more, I really kind of wish I went on Media Blackout for this game, although maybe not because I saved some money. But I would like try uh, Media Blackout. Sorry? I'd like to try this. I'm pretty much on Media Blackout. I, have, I don't really know much about Watch Dogs 2. There you go. Dan's review coming. <laughs> wait for that. 4K I actually, live out of the bedroom, Watch Dogs 2. It does have a PS4 Pro patch, so. Does it? Uh-huh. Uh, that's what they say. I thought I saw that. So November fifteenth. Hmm. Cool. Uh, on Steam, it's November twenty ninth, twenty eighth, twenty ninth. So there's a watch trailer, or sorry, launch trailer for Watch Dogs Two. So you check it out. Uh, you know, I was excited, not really super excited. I'll play it eventually, but yeah, I'll play it eventually. This has been an expensive like month i was thinking the other day like i bought psvr and yeah. playstation pro within like a month of each other okay baller yeah not, not, <laughs> not according to my credit card so i i was just like heather and i were just talking i was just like final fantasy 15 is the last game i'm buying this year like i'm not i, I can't like yeah afford it. and even then i was just like eh, it's only like a month until christmas and I could probably wait till Christmas for it. So Final Fantasy 15 will probably tide you over for a few months, right? I know you're like superstar gamer over here, but you're not gonna you're not gonna platinum that in a month. No, I probably would. not. <laughs> will you, Brett? I'm looking at what I'm gonna be buying with my PS4. So are I looked bu- at. Sorry, go ahead. Are you buying a PS4? I'm going to. I want the dungeon. I want that dungeon class builder game, man. And yeah. I want Final Fantasy 15. But yeah, those are the two big games I want. He's got to farm on all the systems too, man. PC's not enough. (laughs) Yo. He's got to expand his farming empire. Starting Valley, I think, is coming to PS4 as well. I I don't doubt it. It's probably going to, yeah, it should. I'm actually surprised it's not there right now. But it probably won't come to PS4 until the next patch, which is in 2017. So it probably will come with the the bigger patch that's coming. So, yeah, because they just released a new patch for it, which was pretty cool. So, yep. Play, play Stardew Valley, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's also Watch Dogs, too. So if you're... Who's Paul, buying Watch Dogs? Dog, uh, who's buying this game out of us? Us three? Us or, four? Uh, or four, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was... I'll probably pick it up. I'll, nice. I'll pick it up eventually. Um, but at launch, no. What are we talking about? Watch Dogs? Watch Dogs, Yeah, who, who's actually going to buy it oh. out of us four? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of obligated. I know people who worked on it, so yeah. I have to buy it. That's fair. Yeah, nice. I think uh, I didn't play the first one, but I'm see. <laughs> as, as far as like my current generation video game playing has gone, like I, I've been stuck on PS3 for a while. Been playing lots of mobile stuff. I threw, you know, as some listeners know, I threw 2016 out the window with a, a long job. So. Mm-hmm. I'm blown away by a lot of the games that are coming out right now because I haven't had a chance to play a lot of them, you know? You're like, it's the future. Whoa. <laughs> How can Steve not be into Watch Dogs 2? This looks heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess, like, 
What was the last game that you had, like, the last new game that you kind of played? Was it Last of Us? Uh, which came, which came uh, later, Last of Us or, or that, or the PS3, PS4, Tomb Raider, the one before Rise? Uh, Definite Edition or whatever? Um, I think the Tomb Raider game did. Yeah, that's, so that's the last, like, big mm. game I played. So those two, yeah, those two games. Both of those games are, like, three years old now, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Time flies, man. Time flies. Russian games this week, though. Crushing it. So that's it for news time. Really? News, that was news, it? news. I think so, isn't it? Oh no! I th- oh yeah, yeah. I had an extra. I had an extra tab for something here. It was extra life, but we already kind of talked about it. So no, yeah, but no, I had two tabs for uh, Arrowheads up for some reason. Oh, you just love Arrowheads so much. Of course I do. Game of the year. Nah, I won't say that. Edit that. <laughs> <laughs> It's still a four out of ten, so Boom. keep that. Come on, you tell me you haven't played this game before? Yes, I've played it. No, I, I think mean, I've, what? What were you saying? He no, mean, he means that it's not like it's, <laughs> it's not a new experience. It doesn't get more than a four. Oh right, right. Yeah, unless you invent something completely new, it's a four out of ten for Brad. I forgot. That's well, cool. I, I'm sorry. I've been playing games my like entire life. It's I. I no, I was I, just stating a fact. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's the way it goes. And I forgot. Yeah, that's how I do it. I don't. You do your way. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying your way's wrong. No, I'm. I'm an effusive person. Don't take ratings from me, man. I'll, like, I, I like everything is like starts at an eight out of ten for me. Well, your game really? of the year last year was Runbo. So I mean, exactly. <laughs> how do you, How do you just start at eight and the ten? Because I'm a nice guy. Oh, you say, oh, now you're saying I'm not a nice guy. All right, all right. No, I'm not saying you're not a nice guy. I'm yeah, saying you're not a nice guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> we're, at, nice. we're at, uh, uh, what was that event? Level Up, which is all student games. And you and uh, some girl, I forgot who. You guys are just writing. Yeah. You're just writing down on a list, like, shitting on all these, just like, eight-year-olds making their video games. Okay, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> hold up. Let's, let's. Don't be, let's not get let's not get this twisted. Okay, that did happen. <laughs> it happened, but I'm coming at it from a professional's point of view, where I'm trying to give them the proper feedback. I don't want these kids out there jaded, taking their game as like the shit when really it's like a really broken piece of shit that needs more love and TLC. So I'm trying to give them like pointers and tips and like showing them look at it this way look at it that way because when you're in the school system like you think you're the bomb because you're making all these games but none of these games are marketable so i'm there with the marketable eyes going hey you might want to look at it this way or that way that's why you're getting four out of tens from me all day and everyone's making the same stuff it's it's there's nothing there was nothing new there was actually one game that i probably would have gave four more than four out of ten because they had a unique controller. And I don't know if you played that mini putt game. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was weird, right? But it was mini putt, so obviously it's four. But then that control <laughs> the controller itself was like... What uh, was the like controller that, again? That, it was like a really sensitive like knob thing, wasn't it? I'm, yeah, it was some weird knob thing that these guys... When, and I talked to the guys about it. Um, and I was like, where'd you get this thing? And they were like, oh, we saw it on a, a shelf in our... Uh, schools uh, tech area and we're like could we make a game out of that and then they made a mini putt game with it and it's like the stupidest <laughs> controller I've ever seen and I'm like okay that's cool that's what? like a six <laughs> wasn't but... it something designed for like uh, surgeon like st- surgeon yeah I think it was like oh, a sur- yeah. 
surgeon kind of controller for uh, like handling like precision needling or something like yeah, that. So it was know. like it was just super like really really sensitive. So yeah, it was yeah the sensitivity on that was nuts. Yeah. And then you like had to pull it out to draw back your club and then push it in to uh, swing it and stuff. And that that was fun. Like that was cool. But yeah, the game itself is a four. But maybe even the three due to execution, but yeah, whatever. You, you, know, you want to get this game from a four to ten at, to five out of ten? You listen to Brett. At that stage, though, like that's right. I, I know when I was coming up, you know, and and learning music and learning how to perform and whatnot, and you learn you learn covers, you know, you learn yeah, you, you learn solos from from other players, and yeah. and you, you know you start to. Uh, develop your own sort of lexicon based on the things that you copy from the people that you admire your influences yeah right so you know obviously at the beginning there's a lot of stuff it's, it's rare i would think and and uh, you know justin might be able to speak to this a little bit but i think it's kind of rare for newer developers to kind of start with something completely fresh i mean i'm, I'm sure they have those intentions but it, it's it's probably a good thing to do a couple of you know quote-unquote covers you know yeah actually no i'm i'm more with brett on this one the go in be as brutal as possible uh i recently actually last two months ago actually i looked at what my final term project when i was in school uh i looked at what that was and it was like 20 people (laughs) oh it was garbage like absolutely (laughs) terrible our animations were absolutely horrible and i'm like i could make this entire project right now in a weekend it was so (laughs) bad and like at that time i just remember we had spent like three months on it and we were like like 20 people all working together on it and we had like a hierarchy set up and just like who was in charge and and did everything and like had the whole scope and all of it in place and like we were so proud that we finished it and so like that, yeah this is the best thing ever and if somebody came in and was like no this is this is not something that you could actually put out there then my whole expectations of what is required to make it in the industry would have been very different right, right. Uh, and it probably would have shaved like a year or two off of just like by the learning curve and like mm-hmm. yeah, what I you need to do agree. I completely agree with that I mean it, uh, it, Oh, I just wanted to throw one thing out there, just in case anyone wanted to know. When I was in school for gaming, all the games I made were dope. <laughs> they were dope. They were. Ten I made out of ten. Some, I made some dope stuff, but they were exactly what Dan said. Like I made I covered what I wanted to cover. Like I made an RTS game, I made a SimCity game, I made a like all the like, I made a Mario Kart game. I made an action adventure GoldenEye game, right? Like those are the games I looked after because those are the games I loved. Mm-hmm. And um, exactly what Justin said. Like if I look back at what I made, even though I still think yes, I put great work and effort into that, and it is dope. I know those games are shit. <laughs> like I know they would be unmarketable, and no one would ever want to buy them and all that jazz, right? Like I just know it because I know so much since then, right? And I feel like it's a part of my duty to bestow the knowledge that I have learned onto these students, so they just know. I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, no. I'm just trying to help them. You know, and, and, and it's good. Like that dose of reality is is really important. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they need that reality check. To be honest, because there there are a lot of people who just kind of pander, be like, "Oh yeah, that's great, that's amazing, whatever." Yeah. And I'm totally one of those guys. Like I, I don't really like to totally just crap on everything because i know the amount of work that went into it yeah i I saved the hardcore um you know uh 
judgment to to the people who know a little bit better, like you, mm-hmm. in, in regards to you know game. Uh, and I think that's also just kind of my personality, though. I prefer people to just tell me straight up, "Yo, Brett, that's shit. Make it better." Like I just prefer that because then it's like you know, there's no mucking around anymore, right? Like I yeah, like that. I prefer hearing that, but I don't yeah. like saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's how I just respond back to people because I like hearing it and I know what to do with it. So when people come to me for advice or something on their projects, I'm just going to tell you as brutal, as honest as I can. So, you know, like I don't want to be when someone comes to me for an opinion, I, they want like they want that opinion. Right. They don't want me to be vague and be like beating around the bush about it. So I figure if they respect my words, then I'm just going to tell them right up like this is this is crap make it better and this is why like uh, you can't just say this is crap without like uh putting no. something behind it right like do the compliment sandwich or whatever yeah you have to like right. say this is crap but here's some ideas that you could f- fool around with now go make it better right like uh, i think if there's a balance just just being able to sit down with somebody who is more green and, and maybe just you know is still in school and still getting it done and maybe you know it's in a sort of a big fish in a small pond say mm. You know, like if they're if they're gamers, maybe reasonably good. Um, it would be like, listen, if you could get a time machine right now and and warp ahead even just five years, you're gonna look at what you're doing right now and laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's always gonna be the case. You know, like yeah. right now, this is uh, around. I mean, actually, it started about a month ago. All the advertising is coming out. The Christmas stuff. They're getting ready for the Christmas stuff, right? So since I did like many years of advertising uh, before, I, I every year around this time I get phone calls from people saying, "Hey, remember that track that you did for us like four years ago? Um, is, have you used that because we we want to pitch it on this Christmas gig or whatever? Or remember that track you did? Can you add some sleigh bells to it and little glockenspiels and make it sound more Christmassy because we need it for this mm-hmm. pitch or whatever?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I keep everything. Obviously, I got hard drives sitting over there with with all all the material. And I, I bust it. I bust them out. And I'm just like, "Wow, this is embarrassing." <laughs> like, I cannot send this back to these people. Like, this is just my workflow sucked. Mm-hmm. My editing was bad. My mixing was terrible. And and I'm just just embarrassed to send this this back. So I end up mm-hmm. spending more time with it to polish this turd before yeah. I send it back because in my mind I'm going wow it's 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 also good it's a good reality check because then you realize how far you've come mm-hmm. and like I always think about it too is like this like a student's only going to be working on this one game for a little bit and then they're going to go on to the next one and they might not uh take my two cents for that particular project but going forward they might sit there and be looking at the next game and being like oh I see what Brett's saying here maybe I should try this this and that right because it's just something you gotta just keep building on and going forward with your new designs and your new games but I really want people to start pushing like new stuff new ideas like get get more creative with it you know this medium right now the ideas are endless like we can make whatever the hell we want right now and I just feel like if someone's not there to poke them and say, hey, come on, guys, try and make something different. Like, don't follow the, the norm. Because I know why everyone follows the norm. The norm is where money is. And that's not always the case, right? But you got to start looking at trying to make something special. Because I think people who are buying games right now have game fatigue, but they want to play something special. So, And, and you know, as a caveat to everything we just said, basically, there are outliers that are making 
interesting things, you know, at, at an early stage. And those, and that's where you really start to see the talent, something special. They have like it's compelling what they're making. And, right now, though, I don't see anything interesting. Well, that's the thing. Like, right back. now, on the, the landscape of what's coming out, it's just like it's just more of the same. And the world of indie gaming is supposed to be not more of the same. It's supposed to be the one that pushes ideas and boundaries and ideas and creativity. So when you look at the indie side of things and you see them making the same stuff, it's like, well, why? I, well, I don't really agree with that completely. If you look at the indie game uh, kind of genre, a lot of it has dove head first into VR, which is somewhere that like AAA studios are not really comfortable going right now. Yeah. So you see a lot of VR stuff coming out that's experimental and like like you can get stuff that's out there just for free and you can just try it and kind of really go head first into that. So yeah. you'll see a lot of really new VR. creativity going there. Brett doesn't believe in VR. He he's waiting for the hollow deck still. Well, honestly, I'm kind of the same way. I think the VR itself is kind of a gimmick and yeah. that the real stuff is going to be in augmented reality rather than virtual reality. Same. As soon as it gets to a point where you don't have to have like something that's completely obscuring your vision or look through a phone. Yeah. Then I think that's where it's going to go next, but uh, VR there's still people experimenting. It's just not where you want it right now. Mm. Yeah, and like I always uh VR, I don't even want to talk about VR. <laughs> there's, there, I hope there's cool like yeah, VR is a great place to go in and experiment right now because it's new and shiny. But we can't forget the the stuff that's uh that people still play with, which is our consoles and our phones. Like I feel like phone mobile gaming, we haven't even like hit like a pinnacle of that yet like that's a platform that still is like untapped i believe like there's still stuff there that has there has to be something cool that can still be made there and i just feel like we haven't really done it like we just keep making the same old dungeon explorer games you know yeah it's like well where's the innovation now i know i i totally the main reason why we don't get innovation which is always the counter argument is there's no money in innovation because people are afraid to innovate because no one's going to buy it, right? And I totally understand that argument. And it just keeps us in this weird circular bubble where we keep getting, you know, watchdog games. Yeah, but uh, you're also going to see something that's going to really come out, especially with the use of VR. Uh, well, I guess people won't really – you won't see it, but you'll feel it. Uh, because with VR, you need to maintain like a constant frame rate of like 90 FPS with dual screen and everything. Yep. So all the people who are making games for VR are getting very good at memory management and optimization and some of these mm -hmm. techniques that are being developed for VR. Yeah. So when that eventually dies out, because it will eventually die out, uh, it'll uh, they'll come back and you're just going to get games that run a lot smoother mm -hmm. and they'll be a lot more efficient. You can get more stuff happening all at the same time, so you're not right. going to have a lot of the same restrictions. That's a good point. Yeah, good point. I do think VR is already dead, by the way. It poofed. It happened and it's done. I know there's probably some outliers that are still like making some stuff, but I already think VR is done. Like the, Don't say that. I just spent $800 on something. Yeah, you, I know you just spent <laughs> That's the thing, though. You spent $800. There was that bubble of hype pop it's gone no one even talking about psvr right you now like there's nothing about it no that's and not true and uh, who's in the, talking about psvr in except the, for us right this second who the, <laughs> well i don't know i don't have i'm not tapped into the world but in the in the playstation community that i frequent on reddit and all the forums and stuff like that it, psvr is still very much hyped very much excited about okay but even if you if you go to the top game news sites aside from torontogamedevs.com which is number one in video game news um, 
no one's talking about it. There's nothing. Like, nothing. You're number one site for Toronto Game Devs mugs. Yeah. Like, I have to make sure you go to designbyhumans.com or .com slash shop (laughs) slash Toronto Game Devs to pick up your mug, t-shirt, phone case. Great gift for the whole family. Uh, Patreon.com slash Toronto Game Devs. I should read the Patreons while Brett's going on this rant of VR. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just saying the bubble is already done. Like, if I go onto one of our competitor sites and I click the VR button... All we have right now is VR potential. Montreal and the best of Oculus. No, the best of <laughs> Oculus Rift. Like, come on, that's it. We're already at a best of list. <laughs> come on. I mean, like IGN put out articles yesterday and like the day before on PSVR specifically. There you go. I have a, an article here that's what, the PSVR games that made us sick. That one uh, and like everything you need to know about PSVR. Yeah, I'm at those ones right there. I would, I would say of the like <clears throat> the PlayStation people. I I don't know Steam. I don't know Steam people or or, or uh, PC gamers. Like, so I'm not going to pretend to you know see what people are talking about. But of the console gamers, people at work, uh, just my friends uh, on Reddit on on the. The forums that I've like IGN forums and stuff like that. PSVR is still very much like talked about. Mm-hmm. Is it the hype of like before launch? Like no, because that's impossible. Like everyone's kind of hyped around Switch and you know Battlefield or like or um, Call of Duty just came out. PS4 yeah. Pro just came out. Like it's such a short like attention span for people that like we were hype about PS4 PSVR. And then PS4 Pro came out like a month later. Now we're like hyped about Nintendo Switch because that's like two months later. And then it's going to be the next thing after that. It's going to be coming up to E3 and stuff like that. We have such a like short attention span. But like Resident Evil 7 is going to be designed specifically for VR. I played Resident Evil 7 VR. It's pretty incredible. I got to. Oh, Pika. <laughs> Pika. Look, look what you did, Brett. Look what you did. See? I'm not saying. Two. No, 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 See, no. Steve bought a $700 paperweight and now he's pissed about it. <laughs> He's waiting for that killer app, which is Resident Evil Seven. That was, yeah, um, I, mean, I, I I'm not like, I'm not I, saying like VR is 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 like destined to be this new thing that's going to be like going to turn the world upside down. Like I like I don't think it's going to be the the thing that changes gamers like gaming. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm not you know putting the nails in the coffin just like a month after it came out. Yeah. No, no, no. Of course For me, not. Sometimes, like I, I always look at like Nintendo as like what they're doing, and I know there's a lot of haters on Nintendo. Uh, there always will be, but if Nintendo themselves are like not looking at VR, then it always makes me kind of question it. You know, like they, there's been rumors and mumbling that they have some kind of VR thing, but it's not like they've already been there with the. Uh, the virtual boy and it's kind of like if nintendo's not pushing it with microsoft and uh sony it kind of makes me sit there and go well like nintendo thinks it's a gimmick and they're not doing anything with it It kind of makes me wonder how much faith like if they're usually on the cusp right so Maybe, i kind of sit there they've and had at, their share of flops too yeah, they've, no i know but i like, think that's the thing like they kind of know the virtual thing, boy. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. but i'm just saying like i feel like they they're kind of like they're like hey we're not into this vr stuff because we kind of know it's a gimmick already so I'm just looking at like what the other big guys are doing too, right? And it just makes me wonder why Nintendo isn't going in that route. So. Well, if you take what Reggie said, like didn't Reggie say something like, you know, it's they're not really going to dive some like really deeply into it until it becomes something that is more sort of uh, standardized. Yeah, I, mm. think, I think that's what they said. Yeah. I mean, 
it's uh, like, I'm, I'm excited for the future of VR. Like, is it possible it's going to flop? For sure. And I don't know what I'm going to do with my seven hundred dollars headset thing. <laughs> I'm but. excited for the Hololens more than anything. So, sure. Just I mentioned patrons earlier. Just a shout out to to them as they do get the podcast and the interview and all that stuff early. Uh, Brian, Gene, Rory, Tabby, Gigi, Bruno, Tyler, Stephen, Lee. Devin, Toby, Dan, Chris, Anthony, and Aaron. Thanks, guys. Uh, because of patrons last month, I did double their uh, their contributions and donated that to Extra Life. However, I didn't know it was in U.S. dollars, so when I doubled it to $150, I didn't realize that was USD, so $200, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, I can't like refund my own contribution and then just like adjust it to USD, so I just said, screw it. That's cool. Uh, so of that 500 that I mentioned earlier, 200 was me. Part of that was Patreon. So, uh, and just something, well, we'll get into the games we play. Cause I know I want to hear about Dan's, uh, time about PS4. Um, but trying to uh, design by humans.com slash shop slash Toronto game devs. If you do want a t-shirt or mug or anything like that, uh, subscribe on YouTube, on Twitter, all that stuff. Um, Dan. Yep. What games do you play this week? Okay. So, well, last night, me and me and uh, three other friends played a bunch of Castle Crashers. That was on PS3. And uh, I got the PS4. I downloaded immediately. I got Uncharted 4 immediately. And I, I played a bunch of that. How um, far How far did you get? Uh, not that far. Uh, I just got, uh, like, I got through, um, I'm at his house now. You got so, to like, the, but the, you, you saw the... Um, what's it called like the like the the fly, the uh, what am i the crash crash bandicoot you got to that point or no no okay keep going oh, yeah so uh, i'm i'm excited uh, i'm excited to get further in that but uh, you know it's in our bedroom so i'm working all day so i i can really only play in the evening so i i i've downloaded inside cuz it's a really dark game mm. palette's really dark so it's not too bright all the lights and everything for Katie while she's sleeping and that game is awesome. I love Inside. Super fun game. Super trippy. Really delicate balance between like puzzle solving, which isn't super hard, but like challenging enough. And uh, the sound is great. Music, sound design, graphics are awesome. Um, the story is just like, I love how they just throw you in. No tutorial, no English whatsoever. Just let your instincts kind of take over highly recommend it for me anyway super fun i'm playing has anyone else here played it or no for what uncharted inside inside, inside. <laughs> oh no sorry inside no thanks for listening <laughs> i was but I got, I got distracted by this someone sent me a farm game Uh-oh. <laughs> that's it it's called stone hearth and i'm like what they were like brett you might like this game and <laughs> i'm kind of into it right now this video is selling me yeah but yeah i know about that game that game's a little <laughs> Stone uh, Yeah, it went on. I think it went. It, w- it went through Kickstarter like four years ago or three years ago. I saw it on right. there. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend Inside <laughs> because it is. It, it's a. It's a really. It's just. It's short. It's like maybe three hours, three or four hours, or something like that. Um, like I said, the puzzle solving is not super crazy challenging, but uh, it's it's enough of a challenge to keep you interested and to keep pushing you forward checkpoints all over the place just like kind of a bunch of little mini levels without any sort of demarcation so it just feels like one experience and uh yeah it's just great like 
I've been having a lot of fun with that one. I also downloaded um, Firewatch because I want to try and get into those sort of like walking simulator type games and just kind of see if that's something that I vibe with. Right, I've right. Really played one specifically like that. And um, what else did I get? Oh, I got Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Yeah. Which I haven't had a chance to boot up that one yet. Um, let me know what you think of Firewatch because I'm not really big on the like walking simulators. Uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture was a game that everyone, like no one, like everyone was talking about when it first came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's free on PlayStation Plus this month, um, and like it was just so friggin' boring. Like it was just, I need a little more in my games to like I need a little more stuff to do than just walk right. around and just have a story told to me. Like I just read the Wikipedia page for the game and for firewatch and i'm just like i feel like i get a pretty similar experience of just knowing what the story is like if the story is 95 percent of the game like just give me a book right you know i think firewatch actually kind of looked cool though it, like it, just it visuals does, yeah it does look really neat so i wouldn't mind just checking that out but dan doesn't stream so i can't watch it Dan, there's <laughs> a built-in streaming function in uh in the ps4 yeah, and there's like 50 other people streaming it. So watch one of those guys. Yeah, but I like your voice. <laughs> oh, you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do, do you? Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. Did you get any other games, uh, Dan? Um, pre-ordered Final Fantasy 15. Yep. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm looking for recommendations on the PS4. Um, I would say uh, Dragon Warrior Heroes. It does have uh, the Enter the Gungeon game that you were talking about. Do it. Yeah. Oh, just watch me play it first if you want, and then decide because hey, it's a fun game. Do a stream on Enter the Gungeon so I can watch it. I'll be doing one tonight, probably like okay. 10 p.m. after I, I see Doctor Strange. I will watch that. Oh, oh, I thought you already saw Doctor Strange. Yeah, but my buddy hasn't seen it yet, so I decided to go see it again with him. Uh, it's good. I liked it. We saw it last night. Oh, I actually okay. I liked it, but what didn't I like about it? Mm, I didn't like the ending, but I, I, I won't hold that against it. But I, I actually enjoyed the visuals. I love the visuals in that movie. Yeah, it, and the sound. I don't great. talk about sound in movies often because I'm not Dan. Oh, who cares about sound, anyways? Sound design was off the hook, and the visuals. Like I was just like, wow, these are really. I I almost wanted to know just like how the hell did they get shit to move that way. Because it was just so cool. So, uh, yeah. I, whoever did the VX, VF, the visual effects in that game, like kudos to them. I'm sure they're big fans of TorontoGameDevs.com, number one website. Oh, they're probably listening right now. They're, they might they be probably are. Yeah, they're probably patrons. And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, it. like, that was really good visually. I hated uh, how uh, Dormanu looked, but whatever. Um, but the rest of it top like that was just amazing to watch for me i just want i wish it was just a little more grounded in the marvel universe they mentioned the avengers they kind of mentioned like uh a few things and there are some after credits scene by the way stay after credits if you haven't watched it you see the but, avengers tower and stuff too. yeah I, I wanted like a cameo or a little more like it, it was just such a like it's just such a different movie than all the other marvel movies because it's like magic yeah. and shit right that yeah. it just it it doesn't seem like it's part of that universe until I saw the after credits. Like, I don't right. know what I'm really was looking for, but I just need a little bit more of a reminder that mm-hmm. you just needed Iron Man to fly by. <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> need Iron Man to come in and be like, Hey, do you need my help? And Doctor Strange just being like, no, like get out of here. Well, I He's think like, okay. like, I think they kind of covered it. No, this isn't spoilers by the way, but, uh, because there is the one scene where I think it's the ancient one says, Hey, we've been doing, we've been fighting all this mystical stuff 
stuff without the, anyone or the Avengers even knowing. Like they do say, like we're doing this while Avengers has been fighting the alien. Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, he says he says Avengers are fighting the physical while we fight yeah. the, the metaphysical or something. So like it kind of makes sense that the Avengers don't even know about this thing and or their presence. So I kind of let it. That was like the pass for me. I'm like, okay, I get it. Plus, so, that one line's probably a good way to save forty million bucks. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're not getting RDJ yeah. in it for, <laughs> for anything less than 40, right? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Justin, what have you been playing? Uh, I haven't been playing a lot of games. Uh, I recently went and got The Culling, which is in early access right now. Hmm. Uh, it's basically, you get to play Hunger Games, essentially. Oh, cool. Oh, really? uh, yeah, so so it's a, it's it's like, uh, kind of like your your survival type game, except for it's, you're literally in an arena and like it's out in the area, but just like Hunger Games would. And there's like drops you can get, airdrops and stuff. You get uh, kind of points by breaking stuff down and shooting people, and then you can get airdrops and supplies given to you as a result. And you, there's like a big scoreboard up in the sky that you can look up and see who's still alive and who's wow, not. Totally is Hunger Games. Is yeah, like le- like legitimately one to one. There's like an announcer that goes around and like they've got like drones that follow you and there's cameras and stuff set up so they can watch. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's l- like you legitimately get to play Hunger Games. You start off in a box and it just opens up in a random what's it, what's spot. What's it called? The Culling. <laughs> that is so Hunger Games. Yeah, uh, I got it. Cause it was it was on. Uh, this week's humble bundle so inside of there they have that as the ten dollar price point thing oh i actually forgot to look at this week's humble bundle <clears throat> brett what have you been playing well 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 um all kinds of stuff actually I, well the usual like stardew terraria starbound and i'm working on starbound uh achievements so that's been a chore oh god it's a chore <laughs> I kind of want to quit that game <laughs> because of the achievements. I'm like, I'm just done with you. Um, I've been just started playing Enter the Gungeon, and um, I, I'm really digging that game right now. It's it's too much fun. It's just fun. Um, what else am I playing? Um, that's it. I'm looking for some new stuff right now to fire up. Cool. So we should no, start play, writing this play up. inside. It's not your. T- it's not like the type of games you've been playing lately. But I think you yeah. dig it. It's like it's simple, but it's like it's a you know it's there's not a lot of depth there but it is fun mm. and like creative is inside kind of like limbo or is it yeah it's to- totally like limbo the, the puzzles aren't quite as challenging but it looks better and the storyline is kind of uh yeah it is i think it's made by the same people actually it is yeah, yeah. all right then or same studio yeah same studio. that explains a lot mm-hmm. um playing skyrim ps4 pro stuff like that we're running we're running late so we should I, we should just wrap up but um Justin, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, no problem. It's great to be here. Um, So make sure you check out Allied Games. uh, Shadow Heroes uh, coming out later this month. It's on Steam Early Access right now. You can follow them on Twitter at Allied Games. Uh, I'll post the interview as well. So if you're listening to this and you haven't read Justin's interview, make sure you go to TorontoGamesDose.com to read that. Um, All that stuff. If you want to follow Brett on Twitter, you can do so at Brett Meeser. If you want to follow him on Twitch, Twitch, you can do so at Brett Meeser. You just do like all the social medias at Brett Musa. That's I'm on all of them now. And TV Smoke. Uh, tweet of the week. <laughs> Rest <laughs> in peace. Including Tinder. Yeah. I'm not. Actually, <laughs> I do have a Tinder account, but that's for a different story. 
Tweet of the Week uh, is brought to you by Pete's Pizza. Uh, that's when we... That's when we read a tweet from Composing Dan uh, on Twitter because he tweets so frequently. I'll tweet, uh, I gotta start tweeting some stuff that's worth reading, I think. Well, you, gotta re- you gotta tweet the PS4 stuff that you yep. like so much. Yeah. To my hashtag music production friends, check out Obliterate at Obliterations. His gear is beautiful and hashtag sounds really great. Hashtag studio gear. Hashtag indie artist. Hashtag audio. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag man over here. Gotta tag the hashes, man. Gotta gotta hash all day. Hashtag sounds really is that a thing that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, make sure you like subscribe to this on uh, iTunes. Check out the site, TorontoGameDevs.com. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash TorontoGameDevs. All the other stuff that I mentioned earlier in the site, YouTube, things like that. Um, and follow at Blank Dave and donate to his Movember Foundation. Oh, on Twitter, Blank Dave? At, at Blank Dave and donate to his, uh, his uh, Movember thing. He's almost at 500 That's his target. He's only $30 away. Boom. Yeah, I'll tweet it right now, but nice. 13 a.m. friends. 13 a.m. games friends, so. Um, cool. Thanks again, Justin, and uh, we'll see everyone next week. Cool. Peace. See you later. Peace.